0: Thank you. Thank you for being here in worship this morning. I'm Jim Sellers, Director of Traditional Worship here at Blaine Memorial. Delighted to be in worship with you this morning, and I welcome those who are joining us at home as well. Uh, great to have you with us. For those of you at home, you can find our Order of Worship on our homepage at blainumc.org. We hope that you'll follow along and be uh, engaged in our worship today, and we hope that you will also. For those of you here in the pews, right there in those pew pockets, you'll find a Connect card where you can give us some information about yourself. If you happen to be a guest of ours, please fill it out. We'd love to know more about you and stay connected to you. And everyone can take advantage of the grow and serve portions on there. How can we help you grow and help you serve? So we'd love to know that on the back as a prayer request form. For those of you in the pews, just drop it in the offering plate when it passes you later in the service. There's a digital version on our website. For those of you online, we hope that you'll fill it out as well so that we can stay connected to you. You can also find our newsletter and our complete calendar of events there at blainumc.org. so we hope you'll take advantage of all of that. A couple of events I want you to be aware of we could use your participation in. Trunk or treat, trunk or treat, Saturday, October 30th, cross the street, car, truck, whatever, decorate the back of it, stand there with lots of candy, and I'll be by at some point to help you out. With the candy part, but uh, we need businesses, groups, organizations, classes, whatever, that are willing to do a car, a vehicle, and give out candy uh, to our young people starting at 5 p.m. on Saturday, October the 30th great time. You don't want to miss it. So we hope that you will uh, be part of that. If you have any questions, want to be part of it, just contact Emmeline Jordan. She's our director of children's ministries. She will make sure you get involved. And then that following Monday, November the 1st, is our annual golf tournament, 27th annual golf tournament to be held in Pawleys Island at Caledonia. We need players. We need sponsors. We need you Questions on that, contact Brandy Street here at the church. She would love to get you signed up to be a part of that as well. Since we gathered together last, one of our own has moved on to the church triumphant. Doug Matthews passed away just a few days ago, and I would invite you now to join me in a moment of prayer as we remember this one who's gone on before us. Let us pray. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, may they rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Amen. Today we continue our sermon series on the walk as we talk about giving, always our favorite subject, right? But you are so gracious in all you do, how you support this church and this community, so we'll listen intently to those words. So I invite you now to center your hearts and minds so that our worship may begin.
1: Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth.
2: Sing praises to
1: the Lord. Awesome is God in his sanctuary. God gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God.
3: our faith together. And today for our creed, we'll use the Nicene Creed. It's number 880 in your hymn book. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, family. I'm glad to have you all in worship today. Whether you're here in person, online, whether this is the second time you're here this weekend, whatever it is, we're grateful for the ways that you all continue to be a part of this church and to make it the wonderful place it is. I invite you now to join with me in praying the collect for today. Oh, holy God, Open unto me light for my darkness, Courage for my fear, And hope for my despair. O loving God, Open unto me wisdom for my confusion, Forgiveness for my sins, Love for my hate. O God of peace, Open unto me peace for my turmoil, Joy for my sorrow, Strength for my weakness. O generous God, open my heart to receive all of your gifts. Amen. The first lesson this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. This is chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold, the treasure of kings and the provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and delights of the flesh, and many concubines. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept from my heart no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all of my toil. And this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had spent in doing it. And again, all was vanity, and a chasing after the wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord our God, giver of all good gifts, giver of life, protect us today from the falsehoods and illusions that are brought out of greed and incontent. But instead, give us grateful hearts and clarity of mind as we fulfill our greatest desires in service to you. We give thanks for the ways that this church has brought us together, and we celebrate the good fellowship that happens here, just like we experienced yesterday's barbecue, just like we look forward to in the days and months to come. We give thanks for the ministries that happen here, the growth that happens in Bible studies and growth groups, the growth that happens among our youth and children. We give thanks for the missions that we are centered around, for all the people who will be impacted by the money we raised yesterday, by the people whose lives this church has made a little easier for all the children who will receive a Christmas present this year on behalf of Blaine. We give thanks. And As we gather this morning, we remember also those among us who are suffering. We pray for those who are sick and those who are grieving, for those who are experiencing loss and those who feel lost. We ask that you would Bring forth healing, and that you will make us a part of that healing. Empower us in Jesus' name, who taught us to say as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses,
1: this reading from Matthew's Gospel in the sixth chapter. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust eat them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't eat them and where thieves don't break in and steal them. Where your treasure is there will your heart be also. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I Almost always prefer the new revised standard version of the scriptures. It's more familiar to me. It's something I like. It's something I trust. It's a good balance of scholarship and, and words that fall rightly on our modern ears. Today, however, I read to you from the common English Bible because I think it gets these verses right, at least for us. The New Revised Standard Version has Jesus say, do not store up treasures for yourselves on earth, but I think that ship has sailed, at least for the people I'm around. At least for the person I am. I think it's too late to be told not to. The Common English Bible recognizes that also. It has Jesus say, stop collecting. It knows how we are. Maybe most of those who first heard Jesus' sermon on the mount had not been in a position to have stored up treasures. Maybe they were looking at envy and, and with admiration for the people who were in a position in life to be able to store up treasures on earth. If only we could store up treasures, they thought. Maybe that's why the older version has Jesus say, do not store up. But for us, it's stop. Stop. Stop collecting. I have books I will never read, toy cars that I don't display, baseball cars I collected when I was in elementary school. I don't even watch baseball. (laughs) All of that I have moved from house to house. I don't expect to get rich off of those. I don't expect to get much of anything off of those, but they're part nostalgia and part what if? What if I read all the other books I have on my list and was in some desperate situation where I needed a new book? Or what if my children suddenly developed a fascination for the books we had to read when I was in college? Or what if a 1987 Topps Mark McGuire baseball card surged in value? Or, and this is the only one that has any real potential, what if one day I had a grandchild who actually wanted to see what a 60-year-old baseball card looked like? Jesus probably isn't too worked up over all of that. The damage is long since done. It's my mess to store and deal with. If Jesus had a problem with those little collections, it's less what they are and more what they represent. He knows that you can collect for yourself and be generous toward others. It's not a zero-sum game. There, there is more to it than the competition between resources. And, and that's where Jesus gets a little worked up. The competition is really about our hearts. He wants our hearts and is astute enough to know that where our hearts are is easily located, but they're often dangerously preoccupied. If you want to find your heart, Jesus knew, you need to find your treasures. Or even better if you want to find your heart, then you need to be wise about where you put it. Put your treasure where you want your heart to be. Put your treasure in heaven if that's where you want your heart to be. But wait, you protest, because you've read the dead-on meme that says you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. How can I put my treasure in heaven? Well, Jesus says, by investing in heavenly things. Or as our studies author Adam Hamilton says in the walk video for this give lesson, when we die, the only things we can take with us are what we've given away. It's true, there are no U-Hauls behind hearses, but there is a line of people behind them who are reflecting on the deceased's life. And maybe they remember that special gift that he gave or maybe they remember that she had this spirit of generosity that was always being lived out in a model for them and those memories and those examples are what moths don't eat and rust doesn't ruin and thieves cannot steal if we're investing in the things of the heavenly kingdom, if that's where our treasure is, then that is where our hearts will be also. So how do you know where your heart is? I'm glad you asked. Adam Hamilton, Dave Ramsey, pretty much anyone who has ever given thought to this suggests that you look At your bank accounts. If you scroll through where your money is going, you'll have a good idea of what matters to you. Apparently, food matters to my family. A lot. Our bank account indicates that we really care about food, which is okay. I mean, there are limits, but meals are a a, a source of more pleasure than simply getting whatever nourishment our bodies need and that makes me wonder what if we combined the enjoyment we get out of meals with the call to be generous toward others early in our marriage sally and i decided to go to a mid-range restaurant one night to have a big night out and we were at this restaurant enjoying our meal At the end of it, asked for the server to give us our bill. He said, oh, oh, sir, it's already been taken care of. I said, what do you mean? He said, that gentleman over there has paid for your dinner. We looked up, saw it was Sally's cousin and his wife, went over to thank them for their generosity, and it was obvious in that moment that they got as much pleasure out of taking care of our meal than we did about them doing so. I thought it was the coolest thing, first time in my life that had happened to me in that kind of way. And when we thanked them and and they were pleased to have done it, it was was just a good moment. They had put their treasure into benefiting others and in turn it had benefited them. And not because they were hoping to put enough good into the universe that it would somehow work this way back to them. This was not about priming the karma pump. The benefit for them was immediate. It's what our common book, The Walk, describes in terms of the physiological benefits of generosity. Scientists can show that when people's generosity is employed, then their brain's reward center is stimulated. Giving makes people happier. And not only that, the part of the brain that gets anxious tends to settle down in moments of generosity. So Jesus wasn't just looking out for the needs of others when he told us to be generous. He was also looking out for the needs of the givers. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Is not just some sweet sentiment to try and motivate us to do a little something for somebody else. It's actually a fact. It's how God created us. We were created in the image of a very generous God. And as such, when we respond generously, our creation is more like we were intended to be. We're made in God's image, that is true, but it's also true that we are an imperfect reflection, which is why Jesus felt the need to command us to be generous, to, to stop collecting treasures on earth and, and start collecting treasures in heaven. We need that instruction and we need practice in order to get better at it. Giving, like all the parts that we've been talking about, all the practices of the faith we've been discussing lately, worshiping, praying, studying, serving, sharing, all of that takes practice. It takes effort, attention in order to get better at it. Some of you are more naturally inclined to study well, and some of you serve more readily, and some are just generous by impulse. We all have our tendencies I hope our review these weeks of the discipleship practices is helping you to think about where you might be doing okay and and where you might give a little more attention, where you might try a little harder. I know for me, I need continued effort on all of these practices, but generosity, to be truthful, is is a perpetual challenge for me. Not, Not tithing. Sally and I do well with that. It's been our practice our entire marriage. From the start, we had agreed and committed to doing, giving to God the first 10% of what God had provided for us as thank you to God, a, a sign of our trust that God would continue to provide, a, a means of actively being part of the ministries of the church wherever we were. That I don't struggle with. It, it's the unscheduled generosity that's a challenge for me. since I thought it was so cool that my Sally's cousins were were generous enough to take care of our meal without even knowing they were in the room, I wonder if I might not need to be doing that. If I did, I, I would feel better. Whoever we blessed would feel better. As long as we could afford it. Which is the key, right? As long as we could afford it, that's the key, but it could also be the lock. Back to the bank account, it's telling how often my family is sure we can afford the things we want, and how we question if we can afford the things that might be a blessing to someone else so easy to justify what we would like justify the things that too often end up being that which rusts and depreciates and goes out of style quickly becomes unvaluable and then we have to talk ourselves into the things that are truly invaluable and what that means is I can end up kicking myself for not doing something generous, something I've later wished I had done. We'll be in one of those situations when I don't know if you're supposed to tip or not. Is that what's expected of you? If I'm supposed to, I do so. I think I do so generously. But when, I, when I'm not sure, it's when I end up kicking myself. Because my impulse is to not do the generous thing. And when I follow my impulse, I end up feeling Not as happy as I would have if I followed it. I'm frustrated because I want to be generous. I have never regretted over tipping. But more than once I've regretted under tipping or not tipping. It's not who I want to be. So I need to practice. Like the musician who is born with loads of natural talent but then puts thousands of hours into preparing and rehearsing and practicing and so he can become a virtuoso. I need to practice. I will not do it perfectly the first hundred times. But I will never do it well if I don't try. This series, The Walk, is about moving in the direction we want to go, the direction that Jesus models, the direction that that we're called to follow Him into, the direction God tells us to go. And since God is generous and we're made in God's image, and since Jesus is generous and He commands us to be so, and, and since Jesus told us and then showed us what that looks like, I want to get better at it. And like anything, the more I practice... Better I'll get. So I'm going to practice those areas where I struggle, those random, unscheduled acts of generosity. Our walk to-do list suggests that we attempt five generous acts each month. I'm going to work on that. Which science suggests will make me happier. Now, maybe you already have that part down. Maybe you're the type of person who goes to a church barbecue and picks up a pint and some baked goods and ends up going by and getting a mom and showing up at your neighbor's house with all of that just because. Maybe that's who you are. Maybe you have that part of giving down but are struggling with the more structured aspects of giving, the the week-to-week, month-to-month, ways of being generous with your church, supporting the ministries of the church. Maybe that's where you struggle. 10% seems impossibly high to you. Maybe that's where you need to practice. We'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks, but for now, I want you to hear that you are already on your way. If you're one of those people who is naturally generous with the, the mums and the baked goods, then you're already on your way. Because the first step to being more generous is to do generous things if you're already giving to others, knowing the blessing that comes from that, it will not take much to grow in it. You won't need to be convinced that your generosity through the church is a good thing. You just need to be encouraged that your generosity to the church really does matter. We'll get there. Today, let's just take the step in the direction by recognizing that Jesus truly does care where our hearts are, and that our hearts are found real close to where our treasure is, which may mean that we need to revisit where is our treasure. If you treasure the things of this world, And that's where your hearts will be found. If you treasure the joy that comes with brightening another's day, supporting ministries that affects people's lives, meeting people's needs and blessing them unexpectedly, then that's where you will invest. And that's where your hearts will be found. Martin Copernhaver is a seminary president who writes, Jesus doesn't ask us to feel charitable toward our neighbors or our enemies. That will be asking something that is not in our control. We can't feel on command. Instead, Jesus asks us to act. Everyone who has been involved in the fall harvest festival and barbecue has acted on behalf of their neighbors lately. Some did a lot of that yesterday. Some over the week leading into it, some over the past two years of preparing for it. The Lord was generous early on with rain, but was generous with support all day long. There was a lot of goodwill and a lot of generosity all across our campus yesterday. We will be able to help our neighbors in their critical needs much better because of what you all have done as part of the fall festival and barbecue. That's who this church is. Thank you for everyone who's been involved. There are many ways that Blaine Memorial gives and thinks about giving. I've asked John Springs, the chair of stewardship, to come forward to to come and share his thoughts on this important part of our ministry. John.
4: Good morning. Good morning. The preacher told me uh, not to be afraid to come up here. He said, uh, you know, you all were a lot less intimidating and actually better looking from the front. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's right even with those masks on. About a year ago, Reverend Will called me to ask if I would serve as the next chairman of the Stewardship Committee. I agreed and said I would. I'm probably not the best person for the job. Like most of you, I don't like asking for money, so I won't. That's not all being a good steward is about anyway. Stewardship is a part of the journey of Christian discipleship. What I will do is thank you. Thank you for what you have done, are doing, and will do. And that is the support you give to this wonderful institution we call the church and the people it serves. This year's stewardship campaign is focused around the reading of the walk. Five essential practices of the Christian life. Giving is the topic to which I'm here to briefly speak. Individual giving and our collective giving. 37 years ago, when my wife, Ann Reed, our two little girls and I joined Blaine United Methodist Church, we attended services in a beautiful little sanctuary that sat right there, just outside those windows. It was a gift, the actual building. Materials in 1925 brought to this location from what was Oatland Methodist Church. It was located on the property that is now Wilbrook Plantation, or was is Wilbrook Golf Course in Litchfield. Some years later in 1993, after this beautiful sanctuary was built, we, this congregation, gave the old structure to another congregation. It is now the Joseph B. Bethay Methodist Church near Highway 501. Giving, as the author says in the book, is essential in the practice of a Christian life. Like worship and prayer, study and serving, giving is a part of who we are. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be put in your lap for the measure you give will be the measure you get back what does that really mean is it like a business investment or savings account sort of matthew 6 store up for yourselves treasures in heaven giving is a way to do that an investment in a meaningful life and a life filled with joy, a way for us to live life with purpose, purpose that comes from supporting others. It is better to give than to receive. It is also a means to which we may enter into heaven. Be thankful for what you have. God has been good to me. I'm not gonna stand up here today and tell you how benevolent and generous I am. I'm not as I should. I try, but I know I'm not. I think that's all God asks. He wants us to give from the heart, gladly. If we do that, we will discover a happiness unlike other forms of personal fulfillment. Sometimes giving is sacrificial. I found in my own personal life, that kind of giving does in fact have more meaning. You will be rewarded perhaps not in the like-kind manner of financial terms, but spiritually. It's good for the soul. Because we were created in the image of a generous God, we were created for generosity to be the regular theme of our lives. Giving to others does make for a happier life. When you think of people you've known in your lifetime who have passed on to the glory of heaven and whom those you regard as most loved, I'll bet those people were amongst the most giving you knew. And just so you understand, I'm not just talking about money. However, when we read Jesus' words in the Gospels, we find that he speaks more about money and material possessions than he speaks of worship, prayer, and scripture. Jesus makes clear that our relationship with money can either sabotage our spiritual life or deepen and support it. It is through giving that this congregation built this beautiful Christian campus. The Family Life Center, is which, which you know, not only serves the utilities of our purpose, but the community as a whole. As we move forward together, plans are being made for even more and better facilities and technologies to accommodate the needs of our growing congregation and the community at large. It is this collective group That will accomplish that you are all aware of the many outreaches of this church and the good it does it is through your generous giving that accomplishes god's work for his people and our salvation i was once told when you give in the true light of love you don't know it because you can't see them but you have angels wings thank you and god bless us all
1: Thank you, John, for sharing that with us and those important words for us all to be mindful of. And now as we consider the generosity that God is pouring into our lives, let us faithfully and generously return God's tithes and add our offering. Mm -hmm.
3: Join me in praying the prayer of thanksgiving. Generous and loving God, we cannot outgive you. We can only respond to your gifts. As we have received from you life and all we need to live well, we return to you a portion of what you have given to us. We pray these gifts, for which we are thankful, will be gifts used to honor you and to help your children to worship you. Grow as your son's disciples and serve you and neighbor. Bless these gifts for these purposes, we ask in your holy name. Amen.
1: beloved in Christ, go forth in the grace and peace of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that this God who has been generous to you may see in you generosity towards others. Go in peace. Amen.